Unleashed and Inspired podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. The Engaged and Inspired podcast. Let's be honest, planning a wedding is tricky. And at Be Engaged and Inspired, we'll share our knowledge to help you navigate these tricky waters and leaving you feeling inspired. Be Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by EasyEventPlanning.com, who make planning any event fast and easy. EasyEventPlanning.com. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Welcome to Be Engaged and Inspired, the podcast. With you today, DJ Sam from Atmosphere Productions. And I'm Kia from Engage Connecticut. So it's Wednesday. I'm sure you have a tip for us. I know. we got to get straight into it because we're busy today. Today's Wedding Tip Wednesday is available on the Be Engaged and Inspired Facebook group page. Go there. Every Wednesday, there's a brand new tip. And if you want to find all of them, just hashtag... I don't know why you're making hand signals. I know. This is is not the appropriate place to do this, is it? Anyway, I'm Italian. Okay. So that's why I make uh, hand. Uh, Anyway, Wedding Tip Wednesday for today is practice your bustle. This is not for the guys, obviously. Well, you never know. Hey, that's a great idea. Could we have? No. Practice your bustle. Once you're in your wedding dress, you won't be able to put the bustle in place. So someone else has to do it. And as we learned from... um, Numerous weddings. Numerous numerous weddings. It's best if they learn how to bustle a wedding dress straight from the seamstress expert at the final wedding dressing. And there should always be a little extra, like, reinforce that string that has to go around... I don't Whatever. know. I know, but I'm just I saying. I don't know anything about that. They should just always be reinforced because they never make it through the entire night of dancing and stuff like that no. because they're just not meant to. Right. Understand. But the point is you need to have a good friend or a maid yes. of honor or somebody there at the final mm-hmm. uh, dress fitting so that they know how to do the bustle because you can't do your own bustle. No, you can't. So we have a guest today. Oh, we do? <laughs> you, she's just sitting right across from you. Would you Six six feet. Yes. Well, five and a half. Okay, there you That's go. That's close but enough. Do, would you care to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, my name is Kathy Vass. I'm a wedding minister, um, non-denominational wedding minister um, here in Connecticut, and I'm based out of Stratford, Connecticut. And what's your company name? Oh, my, sorry, my business is <laughs> called Ever After Memories, LLC. I offer custom wedding ceremonies and found books and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So when you said ministry, does that mean, um, well, you said you can also make them custom. So they're not always religious based or no, they can in fact, be most of the time they're not okay um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so the difference between uh this is actually kind of a common misnomer i'm glad you brought this up um a lot of people hear the word officiant or justice of the peace or minister or priest um the global term for the person performing your wedding ceremony is officiant a mm-hmm. priest is an officiant a jp is yep. an officiant yep um i'm not a justice of the peace the reason why i'm not a justice of the peace is at a justice of the peace is appointed um it's appointed office in your town and at the time that i had the brainchild to 
enter into this business, I missed the appointmentship window. They, uh, they are only appointed in presidential election years. Yeah, which me luck. Years. This might be my year. Um, so this is like late 216 that I was like, what if I marry people? And then I did my homework. I'm like, oh. But if you're appointed, does that also mean that you can lose your JP status? Yes. It is <laughs> many, many if not most JPs, many of my friends are JPs and and nominational ministers. Because, because cover just in case. Yes. Because, and then all towns have different ways of doing things. Yeah. So every four years you come up for reappointmentship. And if for some reason it's a lottery and you lose your JP status, then, but you also have wedding clients booked. Yeah. That's then a, you're in trouble. So maybe that's a good question to add on to like when brides are meeting with people who just say that they're a JP, you should sort of clarify with them what, what's their status. Very good. I yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I don't know that that would be necessary. I don't think that would be a risk. Okay. That, I mean, you'd only have to worry about it in a presidential election year. Okay, so every four years. Four years from now, if you are planning, (laughs) and we've survived 2020, you might want to ask them, hey, out of curiosity. It would only be in, because um, right now... um, you know, similarly to the election, the JPs get appointed in late November. Okay. So being in Connecticut anyway, like wedding season is almost over by then. Yes. So gotcha. you would not. They can still coast were, in. <laughs> yeah. Unless you were like booking someone into next year and then whoops, you just paid your deposit and now they're not a JP anymore. Yeah. That would kind of stink. So now where are you? So how did you get your, I guess, ministry level? Where right. You, so magical so place did I you go? I found out that I missed the window, I went ahead and did some research and I found this wonderful organization called American Marriage Ministries. And and they're an, a nonprofit um, church, if you will, but it's a non-denominational um, nonprofit, um, solely formed for the purpose of empowering individuals to marry people. And they only have three tenants that you have to agree to in, in order to be part of their organization. Which are? Do you know uh, them? Yes, I do oh. know them. Um, and that are that you agree that all people have the right to marry the person of their choosing, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, um, spiritual beliefs. You agree that all people have the right to have their marriage legalized and solemnized, and that they have the right to choose who does that for them. Oh, and so okay. if you believe, if you are on board with those three tenants, then you're in. So, so. I, I have to ask the question that most officiants do not or may not abide by that, those three tenants. Is, it, would that be correct to assume that? If they are making you check off those three things on your list in order to do it, they only do that for a specific reason because obviously there are some officiants that don't go by at least one of those tenants. You know what I'm saying? I I do know what you're saying. I because I think you hear all the time like stories in the wedding industry about how exactly. certain people will refuse to work with certain exactly. types of couples. So I think maybe that was the spirit of these tents to yes. say like we're going to be inclusive yes. and if you want to, if you believe in that then you're our, yep. you're on board with us and you're our people i could i say that there because this is a free organization i did right. not have to pay to be part of this right. um it literally took me five minutes to be ordained could i say that people are always abiding by this probably not maybe maybe well, it's not. good to know I that you they, are i hope they are because right. as soon as i read these things i was like wow right. this is what i want to be about right and the um, case in point is for today's conversation you do. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. And then so you started to then work on creating sort of custom ceremonies because not every, I mean, everybody gets married and has different things that they want to sure. share. And, and so typically, first of all, how long should ceremonies be? This is a question that I don't think gets asked long enough. 
You know, it's funny. It's a question that I get asked all the time, and I don't exactly know why we focus on how long <laughs> the ceremony is. And I wonder if the reason why the question gets asked is because our mindset is is back in the traditional from church-based, mm-hmm. where like, I well, two reasons. I think couples ask me why, uh, how long ceremonies will be, because number one, they're thinking, oh, a mass is an hour or more. That's going to be so boring. I don't want to put my guests through that. I don't want that. I don't like that. I want to avoid that. And also because in many traditional um, wedding venues where you have a banquet, they've allotted a time mm-hmm. where they've said, you've got six hours for this wedding exactly. and 30 of that is Just, for this ceremony and yeah. don't go over because after that we're going into cocktail yep. hour. That's true. You know? <laughs> so, I also think there used to be a rule long, long time ago, like if it wasn't more than, it had to be lo- longer than like five or 10 minutes for it to become legal like you couldn't just go and say blah 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 like not to my knowledge okay well I, that's the, like that's what i've heard is that for some places that if it's not like i know like you technically can't be intoxicated when you're saying no. i do no i mean and that it's interesting that you say that because that comes to kind of the world we're living in now with the whole mass scenario is that i've told you see a lot of like cutesy things where we've got the mask that says bride or groom or whatever and i've told couples you can't wear those during the ceremony as a legal representation of i need to see your face you need to make sure that someone's not ventriloquizing almost (laughs) ridiculous like who would have like a recorder in their pocket going you know i do but like yeah i need to see your face and also like it's just kind of silly yeah you know you're gonna kiss at some point or you're gonna whatever like and you want good pictures, like tons of things. Why you shouldn't have a mat? You can put it on later when you're yeah. hanging out with grandma. Going back to your your point about uh, how long it should be. Oh yes. Isn't there something about how short it should be? Well, because- I mean, for me as a wedding planner, one of the things I always tell people is, think about it this way: people get they they sit down, they come to watch it. If it's too short. By the time somebody starts to actually pay attention, it, it might be over. Right. Yeah. And then what their feedback is, is like, well, that was like, that was the fastest thing I've ever seen. And then right. they focus on the fact that it was super fast, not that you shared some meaningful moments. So I always say, like, give your guest a few minutes. There should be some sort of greeting. There should be some sort of like, everybody like pay attention now. Like we're going to do the rings. We're going to do the vow, like announcing, which is that, that's absolutely. how I view it. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I would say... Most of my weddings are typically maybe 20 to 25 minutes okay, good. tops. Um, and, that, you know, I've said whenever, like, um, if a venue person comes, okay, how long is the ceremony? Yeah. You know, we need that. to know because we got to go into cocktail hour or whatever. I'm like, well, you know, even in my longest ceremony when I've had, like, a very long bridal party that you have to process in and two lengthy readings and some sort of extra thing added in, like, a a ring blessing or a sand ceremony or whatever, like we're still at 25 minutes. So yeah. you're still going to get in yeah. all the good stuff mm-hmm. and have that richness of story, you know. Plus people don't realize that when you're in front of other people, especially people who are readers, how they practice it at home, they still read faster oh. than they do. Right. Like when you have right. no one else standing there, you'd say your vows faster than you were planning on doing them or you sob through them. But there's <laughs> there's two versions of it, but it's not an automatic like, I will say, you know, I do and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, you're you're excited in your speech. Right. And the, the other, I always think I'm talking too fast. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I've, I've noticed is, especially when I set up a sound system, is how thrown off readers are 
when they hear their voice projected over a speaker mm-hmm. when they've never heard it before. Microphone fear is real. They, oh, oh, absolutely. My, they, myself included. They suddenly hear their voice and they're speaking and you can hear... You can see their mental logistics going that I'm speaking and the voice is coming and I've got to keep up with the voice in- right. instead of thinking, let me just read this and get through it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think one of my things that I'm still getting used to as someone, because I was never a speaker before doing this business. And I remember having this idea to do this business and then starting to book clients and then going, oh, I have to. Oh, yeah. I have to <laughs> speak now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, what, why, and it wasn't terrible, but I remember, even now, like, when I, when I do sound checks, or when I'm in, you know, I always tell them, like, make it louder, you know, and then, then I'll go through the whole ceremony, I'm like, I'll, I'll come back to the DJ, I'm like, how did it sound from back Mm -hmm. here? And he's like, fine, I'm like, are you sure? Because it sounded low. We spoke to um, Mary, and she actually, another, uh, Mary uh, Coburn. Oh, Mary's wonderful. Yeah. 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 How she actually went through a course where she had to speak and she was an actress before and she knew how to do these things. And you don't really think of that, that your officiant really does need to know how to speak. Absolutely. And it's, I think it's one of those things where people say like, oh, I'm going to have a family friend who's just going to do it. I always ask the question. I was like, are they like the talkative one? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But are they also the person who knows how to like wrap it up? Like, yes. do they stumble? Are they good do writers? They, yeah. There's, those are things that people don't think about. Or like, oh, are they just going to just pop, you know, just end it all of a sudden? Like, yeah, yeah, suddenly, without any cue. Yeah, I speaking of no cues, I am going to take a break and just remember that to make your event planning fast and easy, you can go to easyeventplanning.com. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back. Meadowbrook Estate is the hidden gem of Connecticut. Located in Marlboro, Connecticut, we offer a one-of-a-kind wedding experience. With lodging for up to 30 guests, choose from our indoor or outdoor gated wedding package. This luxury venue is versatile and still fits within your style and budget. Visit us at MeadowbrookEstateCT.com. Hey, Sam, when it comes to finding the right professional vendor, it can seem overwhelming to know where to start. It can, Kia, unless you use EasyEventPlanning.com because they'll find perfect vendors for your event within your budget and deliver them right to your inbox. You can search through over 28 categories of party and wedding services. Get the details you need to narrow down your choices quickly with their category-specific profiles. Chat with vendors via text, audio, or video from any device. EasyEventPlanning.com will make planning your wedding or event easy from their extensive vendor directory to their free tips on favors, decorations, themes, and more. Contact them today at EasyEventPlanning.com. Engage Connecticut offers couples the opportunity to work with experienced wedding planners, one-of-a-kind wedding venues, along with design and wedding rentals we plan real weddings for real couples located in west hartford serving all of new england look for us on facebook and instagram under engage ct and at www.engagedct.com. Hi, I'm Kathy Vast from Ever After Memories. I listen to the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast every Wednesday for the great tips and suggestions. It's available free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Fly musicians, custom lighting and photo booth. When your wedding entertainment has to have the amazing music be fun, organized, and unforgettable, your choice has to be Atmosphere Production. Experience the difference www.atmosphere-productions.com that www.atmosphere-productions.com DJs, live musicians, custom lighting and photo booth Atmosphere Productions for professional disc jockeys 
Julie Allen Bridles is celebrating 50 years in business. Located at 154 South Main Street in Newtown, you can check out our selection of over 300 bridal gowns, as well as our great selection of moms and bridesmaids. Make your appointment online at julieallenbridles.com. Social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Now, back to Be Engaged and Inspired podcast, sponsored by EasyEventPlanning.com, who make planning any event fast and easy. EasyEventPlanning.com. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Welcome back to Be Engaged and Inspire the Podcast. DJ Sam and Kia with Kathy. And let's get all of your media information, Facebook, website, all of that social media stuff out of the way now. Sure. Awesome. All, all that good stuff. So once again, my name is Kathy Vass. The name of my company is Ever After Memories. You can find me online at everaftermemories.net. That .net is always always Tricky. important because, you know, we're .comers everywhere. Um, I am on Instagram at Ever After Memories, um, and I'm on Facebook at Ever After Memories uh, LLC. They throw the little LLC <laughs> on the end there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's everywhere. Oh, and I'm also on, um, I recently opened up a brand new Etsy shop for my handmade oh. bound books. So oh, if cool. you go on Etsy and you look EAM art shop, that's where you can find handmade vow books and toasting books and a bunch cool. of other cool stuff that cool. will be added soon. Glad you added that. Yes, yes, thank you. So we were talking about friends and them like creating a ceremony for you from out of the blue or yes. downloading it off of Google. Good old Google. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's one of those things where people don't think about it. It's You can't just say... Like this person loves this person and then this person loved this person and then they met and they loved each other's. Th- There's only so many times you can use the word love before people don't like tune up. They're out. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're thinking about ceremonies and you're talking to couples, how does that sort of develop and into something that actually makes sense and isn't just a love fest? Right. Sure. I think the first thing I'd like to just address is you talking about uh, friends work, mm-hmm. uh, working weddings. And when I've been working in bridal shows pre-COVID, you know, people going around and talking to them, oh, do you, are you going to need an officiant? Oh, we're going to ask my friend to do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask my maid of honor to do it. And I'll always say to them politely, like, um, that's fine, but just allow me to give you my two-minute soapbox on that. And that is, like, if they have asked to do it because they're a really good speaker and really good creative writer and they want to do this for you versus, like, are you doing this because somebody really is good at it versus are you trying to save money? Mm-hmm. And because you're trying to not pay for a person, ah, oh, my friend will do it. Like, that's not the best motivation. And I feel the same way about hiring a friend to do be your DJ or mm-hmm. hiring a friend to be your photographer because you are essentially asking your friend to work your wedding for free. Yes. You know, and, and I also notice how people sometimes when you meet somebody who they're like, well, yeah, they asked me to. And you can tell there's just fear. Yes. Oh, I've yeah. said that to yeah. couple, even I've said that about readers. Like, if you want a reading, and you go, oh, will you do a reading in my ceremony? And you just see them go white. <laughs> they like immediately back out of it. Be like, no, 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 it's fine. You don't have to let, let give them the out. Yeah. I've had re- weddings where, you know, somebody has to read and they are miserable. And, and I have to like spend five minutes in the corner, like propping them up and I'm like, you'll be okay. Don't worry. Like, that's get a, no Get good. a professional. Yeah. That's the theme throughout our entire podcast. Yes. Except 100%. For the, except for the reader. 
can't get well, the professional. <laughs> I mean, but then, I, but she's, but you're right. It is asking the right person because it yes. isn't just like you know whatever you're reading. It's 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 not something that some people feel comfortable doing. And I think you know to go on what you were saying about like my process and what should the ceremony be about. You know, the other half of that coin is sometimes what I see happening with friends who are doing ceremonies is. And this seems like it shouldn't be an issue, but it is, is there's a blur between what is a ceremony and what is a toast Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. even a roast where you go into this. Yeah. yeah, God, you don't want roasting in a ceremony. I don't even want roasting during toast, but yes, um, you know, I've seen videos or I've had friends tell me about ceremonies where, as you mentioned, there's this long drawn out story. I met so-and-so in sixth grade. And then when he met her and then this love, 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 and on and on and on. <laughs> and you're like, okay, let's wrap it up with the free parking. Like we yeah. don't need this novella. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is there for you a structure? Yes. And what is that structure? Yep. So what I like to do is when I open up any ceremony, um, I like to start any experience, especially a ceremony, with welcome and with gratitude. And in that moment, we're not about the couple. We're about the guests. Yep. So we're thanking everyone for being here. Everyone has traveled. They've spent money. It's time. They love and support of all the the, the couple, everyone throughout the years. So we really kind of want to like lay it on to, to our guests in that moment. Um, I usually go into not only the people who are physically present, but those who are not physically present, and that Good. being our past loved ones. And in and this year, unfortunately, with COVID, it yeah. is also our past loved ones, but also people who just can't be can't there. Be there yeah. You know, a lot of times we'll talk about how for those people who can't travel, we want to wish you your continued health and safety. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't always have to be about the morbidness Correct. of people who have gone. Um, but, you know, couples will, well, sometimes they want to mention names. Mm-hmm. You know, these are people that they're a little bit sad that aren't there for their day. Right. You know, and, and it also, it it you'd be surprised how much, I'm, or maybe you wouldn't. You guys have been no, in this a while. <laughs> no. um, how m- much there's politics in a wedding ceremony mm-hmm. where you talk about mentioning grandparents or, or loved ones. Oh, okay. Family like, politics. You didn't mention Aunt yeah. Sally. Yep. You yeah. know, and so we have more of a general vibe there. Because yes. it's Good. obviously in the end, this is not a wake. Sure. And then what, what happens after that? You know, so, uh, so once we get that sort of welcome and that let's start it off with a good note feeling, then I, I go into the couple's story, you okay. know, and, and again, it's not a retelling verbatim, but more of like, let's attach their, them to a theme, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have the couples who um, have been together for many years. Maybe they are high school sweethearts. Maybe you have couples who are older and, you know, it's about like they're them being worth the wait, like meeting somebody at just the right time or t- timing right. being everything. So I try to find that theme that's, that is about their love story. But don't you do something unique? about how you get that story oh yes pardon me <laughs> so so in my so this is the actual wedding day obviously but in the ceremony planning process the way we get there is focusing on their love story and when i sit down with a couple that conversation between the three of us is a uh, video recorded um, or audio or recorded but in most cases video recorded um, and that just allows me to be present with them and not you know be scrawling a bunch of yep. notes and trying to decipher what the heck I was <laughs> saying right. later mm-hmm. but also just have a really nice conversation with them and and then later I can go back and and use that as a tool to to pull out really specific things and write that into the ceremony and and I become the conduit of them their their voice is heard um, 
something I'm I'm really proud about, which always fe- makes me nervous. That it feels like I'm being boasting or what have you. But on more than one occasion, I've had a guest or people come up to me after the ceremony and ask, well, how long have you been friends of the family? That's How long have thing. you known the couple? But that's a good thing. It is. It's wonderful. When I hear that, I'm like, yes, mission <laughs> accomplished. You know, because they hear the couple. Yep. You know, and I'm just helping retell their story. I use a lot of their own words because I'm listening to that audio and I'm, I'm writing that in there. And then as an added bonus on their one year anniversary, they get that video back from me. That's nice. As a that's way to nice. preserve that love story in I, their own words. As an, a little aside about you talking about, you know, people come up and saying how well you know the couple. One of the things I try to instill in, in myself and I get a, a nice response back from the couple is I've stopped using the term bride and groom. Yes, absolutely. I just say their first and last name. So I have a little card because I'm brain dead sometimes. Very with the, clearly. With the, <laughs> with the couple's name right on my console. So that every time I say their name, I say their name yeah. and not bride and groom. Because everybody says bride and groom at a wedding. You need to be different. And I think you've struck that point when you do your recording. You getting inside and doing something really unique and special. Well, I, I like that you do that too because... That was something that I noticed early on getting into the business. When you talk about bride and groom, it's very specific in terms of gender. Yep. You know, and so um, I will say wife, husband, partner. Mm-hmm. Do you take this person as your wife and partner? Yep. You know, this person yeah. is, uh, we talk about the couple, about the partnership, about the relationship, about the friendship, all of those things. And yes, in some cases, there is a bride and a groom. There might be two brides. There might be two right. grooms. Exactly. There might be people who don't want to use those labels at all. Yeah. Right. Um, it's one of the main reasons that when I started making vow books, I do not make his and her vow books. Good. You will never see a his, unless a couple asks me for them, I don't make them because why should, it's I, limiting. Exactly. All right, so we're... So now we're going to vows. We need the vows yet? Are we going to say the vows? Yeah, sure. So, okay. um, so we talked about their love story and, that, yep. and we talked about the process on how we get to that love story. Um, when we get to the point of the, the ceremony where we're going to speak about vows, I do two things. And not all officiants do this, but something that I read about and became important to me is the declaration of intent. And that's kind of like, uh, I joke about it as we're asking the couple at the same time, like, you understand what you're getting into. Good <laughs> you point. Know? Good this point. is about patience, a good communication. You're in it to win it forever and ever. Amen. Right? Like, we're not backing <laughs> out of this. Like, sound mind and body, all yep. that good stuff. Great And point. they're both saying, yes, we do. This is our intent. This is why we're here. But once we have that declaration, then we go into their vows. And couples have a choice between doing... And I, I don't like to use words like canned or templated, but like the the type of I, yeah. I do moment where I'm saying, do you for better, worse and sickness and health. And they're just saying, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I will usually tweak that language so it is about them. It feels personalized. More, yes. Yeah. Um, and then if they would like after that moment, I, I will offer them the space to say, you know, at this time, you know, Julie and Tim would like to exchange their own words of love and promise and their own personally written vows. And I have a three-step tips that I give couples for writing their own vows. I don't know if, if you've ever had this conversation with couples about, what should I do? I don't know. I'm nervous. I don't know what to say. Can you write um, it for me? Uh, no, because yeah. no, mine's going to be uh, Google. Right. I'm not <laughs> love, writing your love, vows. Love, love, love. <laughs> I love you and you love me. 
please share your fries. Let's get on with this. Okay, like, I think that's awesome, actually. <laughs> okay, well, really that, good. that's for the really short, short one. Right. If I'm getting fries out of this, yeah, deal, no. I'm in. <laughs> um, but I have three easy tips to help people get rid of the writer's block um, when it comes to writing vows. And that is, once again, like starting your life in, in gratitude is think about this person that you're about to marry. What's your favorite thing about them? Just pick one thing yeah. that's your favorite thing about them. And then thank them. Thank them for yeah. bringing that favorite thing into your life. Yeah. Because without that, like, maybe you wouldn't be with them. Yeah. yeah. And then promise them something. Because that's what a vow is. Yeah. You know? And so I sort of jokingly make light of it to people that, you know, hey, Judy, you're awesome. Thanks for bringing your awesomeness into my life. Because you're so awesome, from this day forth, I promise to do my best to... Share my fries with you. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. It's a deal breaker for you me know? if you can't so share that fries. that has helped a lot of couples. At one uh, vow, I had a bride say that I promise to bring you a beer every time you're watching the Patriots play whatever uh, at halftime. Something silly like that. And it, it was just so unique. I love that. I love that when they mix up the sappy and the silly. Yes. Um, this weekend, they had a couple who said, I promise to cook all the food in the freezer before we give in and get takeout. Um, I had one bride. She said, he has to say he'll kill the centipedes. I guess they had a centipede yeah. problem. That's a weird problem to have. But, but okay. I mean, if it's really important to you. I but I think there. part of it is, is it's if you're not comfortable, if you have that fear look to write your own, then it is the time to use some sort of template type of one that you're going to still create for them that still fits them right. and their personalities. And if you are the person who can really express that, um, you also have to remember that not everybody expresses things the same way. I think that sometimes gets forgotten too. Yes. Yes. But I recently had a wedding where the videographer took each couple into a different room. They read their personal vows Love into that. the camera mm -hmm. before the ceremony for yeah. one, because it was a great chance for them to read it through. And They've said they've been doing that all year for COVID because it gives, if they're going to share this with family, it gives them an additional audio of it and a video of it. Mm -hmm. um, but it also gives you a chance to like, you should always read everything out loud. Anyways. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. So it is just a very special thing. And then obviously we get to rings. Yeah. Whatever ring format you're. Yes. I love that you said that about the, um, the reading ahead of time because I will get the couples who will say, well, now I know what to write, but I still don't want to read it in front of all these people. Oh. And so be, to have that first look or that video first mm -hmm. look to read it. And then for me to say, you know, earlier today, they already exchanged their own words and we're just going to reaffirm that vow in this moment. So yep. then it's you like the that. best, oh, that's yep. best of everything. Nice. When we get to rings, I have kind of like a big long list of like, these are choices that you can pick for um, exchanging rings. And we'll like kind of feed them a phrase at a time and when they're putting on rings. Um, there's a couple of things that I like to do um, before putting on rings. Um, we have two of my favorites are something called the ring warming circle mm -hmm. or a parent's ring blessing. Um, and these usually go over really well with parents. Um, when we do a parent's ring blessing, I ask parents to come up and join us and place a hand on their child's shoulder. Nice. And in this moment, again, we're kind of like, really laying it on thick for the parents and thanking them and saying like, you know, you and you raise these two awesome humans that like went out and found each other. And if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be standing here. That's yeah. nice though. That's you nice. know, so that's a sweet moment. And we're asking the parents, like, give your blessing. I think it, you and I had this conversation. This was the last wedding season was the first time where I've had, um, the rings came from the, they had both their grandparents. Oh, that's So nice. both grandparents held the rings for the opposite person. Yes. So instead of the best man, handing the rings over and just like a nonchalant whatever the officiant called up groom's grandfather who had the ring for the bride yes and then vice versa 
And then now I've seen Difference. somebody do it with, with their dads, that type of thing. Difference. So I just thought it was a very nice, it, you know, it doesn't have to be like, just pull it out of your pocket and right. be like, here you go, shove it on her hand. Let's get on with it. Like, that's not the, it's not the intent. I uh, have a, one coming up next year where they want to do the same thing with the moms. Yeah. Where the moms will bring up. I have an officiant friend, uh, JP, the way she does it is the best man has the bride's ring. Mm-hmm. And the maid of honor has the groom's ring. And she just holds, she says, just hold it on your thumb when yep. you're carrying a bouquet now. And then that way, like, they can each sort of turn outwards towards their yep. person and obtain those. Rings. I always like, I, I I personally like, and I think it just adds a little bit to the wedding, when there's two different people who are handing over yeah. that type of ring. It's not just a... Best man made a woman. Here, here's a box. There yeah. we go. Right. I recently, because it's funny how, like, COVID has brought in things changes but yep. like kind of like <laughs> new ways to be creative and i used to just say you know may i have the rings and they would whoever mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. them would just hand me both mm-hmm. and then i'd be standing there sort of holding them and handing them out one at a time and it, and it, at the attempt to like not touch people's stuff too much um what i've been saying is okay if it's your best man who has them i'm going to take a step back and he's going to come into my space and he's going to have the moment where he's handing them out. Good and then the photographer can get a good shot of That's that. That's good. Yeah. You know, so get them involved. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So now we're going to start wrapping things up, but how do you end the ceremony? Usually with a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a good one. <laughs> Thank um, you, Kia. You're very welcome. I just, you know, was concerned for you, Sam. Um, usually what I do, um, going back to that conversation that we have in the interview where everything is video recorded, at the end of that that interview and that video recording because like I said part of the other half of that functions as this time capsule for them Mm -hmm. so I will always ask them okay now what I want you to do is pitch yourselves into the future imagine that it's now 20 30 years in the future you've stumbled upon this recording and you can see your younger selves talking to your older selves what do you want to hear these young people say to you like hold yourself accountable what are you doing run run (laughs) Sam We weren't talking about you. Oh, sorry, sorry. I got carried away there. But I mean, that it's yeah. a good point that it's like, obviously the point of getting married is to be married, you know, forever yeah. and ever. And so, you know, what can you tell yourselves now? What are you going to keep doing in your marriage to keep it fresh? And, and do you have bucket lists? We, we want to travel. We want to do this with that. Um, so I try to incorporate some of that in our final thoughts in yeah. the wrap up at the end of the ceremony to say like, what's ahead for yeah. Julie and Timmy? Like they're going, you know, I picture them That's on a nice. beach, like right. retiring somewhere, yeah. what have you bring yeah. that, those future thoughts that they've told me yep. into like wrap up yep. the story. And yeah. then a kiss. Yes, and then then a kiss. I I feel Uh, like that is an obligation. Well, as you know, with many ceremonies, there's the kiss, and then the officiant goes back rambling on uh, for another five minutes. Oh, no. You don't do that. No, no. The kiss is a big finale. I will say the one thing I say differently than I've seen traditionally is... Um, please share your first married kiss. I don't say oh. you may kiss your bride. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people feel like that's antiquated unless they ask for it. Yeah. If they, yeah. if they're like, no, I want you to say, I want him to be the one, you know, um, there's a sort of feeling of like, is it ownership, you oh, know, yeah. whatever. Um, so no, it's no, please share I like your first that married kiss. Yeah. Start your celebration with a, with your first kiss. Um, and then I usually pronounce them however they want to be pronounced, Mr. Yep. and Mrs., if it's changing last names or what have you. Now, are you responsible for signing the certificate and all those that yes. sort of stuff? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I don't have anything to do with their illegal changing of names, but when it comes to their marriage license, then I have to sign their license and file it with the town. Ah, 
with COVID, are yes. there any changes that we should be aware of with Yes, absolutely. Um, so things are obviously constantly changing. The major change to know in the state of Connecticut is, so the law is when you go to get your marriage license, you have to get your license in the town clerk's office in the town in which you are getting married in, right. not where you live. Right. Yep. So, so that's that's always been the way. Always been the case. Yep. Um, the window was always 65 days is when your marriage license is valid to. So you go to the town clerk's office, you get marriage license, you've got 65 days to use it. Uh, or it expires or lose it it. exactly (laughs) because of COVID and because of the difficulties with that they've extended that window to 125 days gotcha now the one caveat I want to give is that there's a secondary part of that that was a bigger deal in the spring and that was if you were trying to go to the clerk's office in your in the town you needed to and it was closed then you could in theory go to any other Connecticut office there's been some back and forth about how like some town clerks like well that's not right what it really says the executive order says this says that there's some different interpretations so my advice to couples is if you're having any trouble getting hold of the correct town clerk call vital statistics in hartford and let them know like hey i'm supposed to go to yep x town yeah i'm not making any progress what should i do good point yes well, that is a great tip to end on. So just again, before we say goodbye to all of our listeners, how do people find you? I'm on everaftermemories.net is my website. I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, so that's at everaftermemories and, and Facebook as well, um, everaftermemories, LLC. Okay. And Sam, I don't need any parting tips or words from you. In fact, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, wow. Okay. So please remember that you can download us for free off of iTunes and Google Play. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at engagedct at gmail.com, and we'll be back next Wednesday. The Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by easyeventplanning.com, who make planning any event fast and easy. easyeventplanning.com, produced and copyrighted by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut. Thank you.